Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Running solo there for a minute. Did you boot me? Yeah, man. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Uh, we got Ryan on the road, looking dapper, getting ready to go out on right, the town. Right, where where right, you at, Ryan? I just got back from on the town. We had a uh, we had a dinner presentation in Nashville, so I had to take had to take some docs out, do a little bit of work. Don't mind me. I got you. I got you. We got a few people on YouTube commenting already. Appreciate y'all over there on YouTube. Uh, we got some folks on Facebook, of course. So as you come on here, help us out and share this around. It's going to be a good show tonight. We got several guests. We're going to start off with a friend of the show, AJ McWhorter, TD Extraordinaire from the Bass Open Series. He's going to talk about dugout, what they have going with Hobie at the Bassmaster Expo coming up. Then we got Jason Tyler from the All American Series. They're about ready to let that. I guess the fourth boot drop with national tournament circuits. Uh, lots of news. Lots of news tonight. Yeah, man. So we'll, we'll get right into that. But first, let's talk about what went down in the in the last week, man. What, what do you got to bring up, Brian? Uh, I, well, we just had we had some interesting um, interesting conversation going on on the page right before we got on here about photos and open mouths and things. Um, very interesting picture, and and some of these like anybody that's been tournament fishing long enough, you're gonna run into these fish that uh, you know they may have a larger bottom lip or whatever like you, that's the importance of the the fence sticker is to indicate that you have that that fish mashed up against it but on the judge's side i mean you got to look at what's a what's a gap like is the fish pulled back is there an actual gap between the lips or is there some sort of you know deformity in the fish itself and i think i think we've probably seen a couple misses here yeah, <laughs> in the last yeah. in the last week or so yeah, I think, uh, you know, we beat this horse to death about rule standardization. We'll probably never get there. I mean, every even the, the elite series of bass boats have different, slightly different rules across, you know, the different series. So we may never get there, but it's it's wild how uh, subjectivity comes into play with some of the rules and some of the some of the circuits, man. And it is. It is subjective completely, and that's, you know, a point that we've tried to make on the show a couple times if, you know, I mean, the judge's job is to judge. If you don't like the way they judge, then you know, find somewhere else to fish. But ultimately, you know, you can point things out. You uh, and, and I'm sure there's an official, I know most series, there's an appeals process. But if you don't do it up front, like before it happens, like with TVKA, like once the money's handed out, uh, you know, sorry for you. Like it's it's over with. So yeah. and I, I don't know. Was the one that was brought up on the page, was that from Tourney X or Chaos? Because on Chaos, there's like you can challenge – as a user, but I'm not familiar with how that exactly. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I I would assume Tourney X, but I'm not 100% positive that uh, he fishes Jesse's Club, the the Coleman kayak anglers. I don't know if that's the tournament that that particular fish was from, but I think they are Tourney X users. I got you. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it's better than it used to be, where we didn't have any way to, to kind of go back and look with the old SD cards. But there's still a lot of things to iron out, I guess, going forward. Ah, that's the catch-22 of our sport, you know? Yeah. Transparency goes both ways. Like, you you can see everybody's fish, but you can also pick apart the judging. So uh, yeah. there's there's give and take with that, I think. Yeah, and people, people, you know, don't understand, you know, if you never fish bass on the bass boat side of things and the weight of fish, even that, I mean, you know, how long did you leave them in the tanks? How much water was in the – you know what I mean? There's all kinds of little variables that, that happen over there, too. Uh, but we're just trying to get it to be as, as streamlined as we can here on our side of things. Uh, somebody said that was a KBF monthly pick. Okay, I don't there know. you go. I don't know. There you go. Um, but, yeah, anything else to talk about? I know we're going to have Josh and Tyler in here to talk about uh, their first tournament down in Texas. They just had a tournament on that same lake, almost 100 folks. So uh, I was confused for some reason in my head. I thought that I thought that tournament was the All-American, and you were like, we'll have him on as a preview. And I was thinking, a preview for the tournament that just happened this weekend? Like, let's just – Okay. Anyway. Yeah, that was. I'm back uh, on it now. I got it. I, got uh, it. I think that was Mr. Deuce Tran. Uh, put put that one on yeah. down there. The North Texas Championships. Uh, the People's Champ actually got off the sideline. Caught him a few fish, I think. Yeah, he was okay. in that one. I saw his name on there. Top uh, ten or where? where no, I think name? he was in the top twenty. But there was a hundred people in the thing. So I mean, okay. you know, respectable, respectable finish. Uh, but I want to get Josh. When we get Josh and Tyler, I'm going to ask him because I was looking at that. You know, they had a hundred people on those, and I'm looking at this week's uh, tournament on that same lake. And it's registration is kind of low, and there's literally like two people from Texas signed up. So 
I don't know if they're just procrastinating or what, but we'll ask them when we get them on. Are, are, I mean, are the Texas guys scared of the the national events? Is that what you think is happening? No, I think is it fatigue. I mean, you know, they've gone. Yeah, yeah. Texas just clapped everybody yeah. on Toledo. Yeah, maybe they're fatigued. I don't, I don't know. So we'll ask them what they think. You know, and maybe since there's no real hard deadline early, that you know, there's wait yeah. till last minute. Because okay. uh, there's a cold front coming. Who knows what could be happening? But uh, let's stop messing around, man. Let's get AJ in here. Before we do that, always we want to shout out the sponsors: uh, Western Sun Vodka, Official Drink with KBN. Appreciate y'all. Uh, Revo, Revo sunglasses, best lenses on earth. We actually wear our Revos in our pictures that we take, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we've been crazy. messing up. I don't know. It's it's crazy, man. Uh, so it turns out uh, they help you see when it's sunny yeah. outside. So you know, spawn's coming. Those fish are moving shallow. Uh, get over to the Revo side and pick you up a pair. Might might do yourself a favor. Yeah, man. KBN twenty five save you a little money over there, um, and then of course, see the hat, see the logo up top, dugout bait and tackle. Title sponsor KBM, we appreciate them, and they're going to have a, a big deal going on at the Classic. AJ is going to fill us in on a little bit of that here in a second. And somebody mentioned, uh, I wanted to touch on this real quick before AJ comes in, the low registration for the Bassmaster Classic or the championship. What's up with that? It's only in the 60s right now, and the deadline's in a day or two. I just talked to Joe McElroy a minute ago, uh, you know, about it because Joe's fishing the event. He was talking about the extended weather forecast. I, I think, I mean. I think bass needs to shift gears a little bit. Like we, you know, Fork, they did great on coverage with Garrett. I don't think there's any argument at all as far as the media coverage that he received from that. I think now is the time though, like bass has to shift gears on, on the kayak side specifically. Like people want to see that, you know, there is a concerted effort to make a change and make it something great. So I, I hope that the, this classic entry is a wake up call that they're like, Oh, crap like you know this this may be maybe the you know the downward spiral here but this is the classic like this is the event that you expect to see 160 180 entry i mean that, at least that's what i expect to see at their championship like that's what you you are you know kind of have in your head and when it's in the 60s i mean i think that should be a message too bass to, to make a big change and step up front and own the past it's okay like on the past, like we understand the first two years didn't go great. Here are the changes we're about to make. We've hired a, a kayak oriented person to really run this. We're investing X amount of dollars in it. We're going to have these venues. We're going to have this, you know, prize pot paid out. I think that's how you save it. But what do yeah, I know? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you get a code from them to put your name into Tourney X. So Bass doesn't put you in there. You have to put yourself in there. So if it's kayaking, maybe there's 50 people that have got their code and just haven't entered their name in there yet. And if that's the case, then that's on you kayak anglers because we need your names in there because the faster the roster builds, the more excited people get to sign up, the more and anxious they are a, to sign there's up. There's an entry deadline extension again. Like yeah, yeah. we talked about this previously, like how many times are you going to extend an entry? Like you got Hobie selling out in hours. Yeah. And then you extend things for months. Like we have to, I think everybody needs to get on the same page with this deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like I said, it kind of feeds on itself. The Hobie thing's selling out because people see that list growing real quick. Well, if you see a hundred, you see a hundred people in the bass championship, you're a little more inclined to probably sign up because it gets the excitement mm -hmm. brewing a little bit. So, you know, kind of all goes together. But anyway, let's, let's get AJ in here. Talk a little bit about what uh, we're going to have going on with the classic. Hang on just a second. Let's go. There he is. Let me get this fixed. We got a little, there we go. All right, we're good to go now. Uh, before before we talk kayak fishing, AJ, we've got a big matchup coming. We just took care of Tennessee. we got Big Blue Nation coming to Arkansas this weekend. Hey, shut up. Yeah, man, we're, uh, you know, we're trying to get our uh, starting point guards healthy for March, this March run. So we had to take care of Alabama this Saturday without our number one and number two point guard. Uh, but hopefully those guys are healthy. It's just uh, it's a going good in the bluegrass right now. Uh, cats are finally looking good after a couple years of uh, not. It's, it's going to be a battle, man. We're going to drag you down in the mud. That's how Arkansas plays. Jeff's out here trying, trying to win online championships and shit. Nothing counts to March, Jeff. Sit tight. That's right. Hey, I know, man. Uh, March Madness is on the way. Best best sport event in the world. Y'all trying yeah. to do one of those court rush things again? We don't do those in Kentucky, but I don't know. Yeah? No? Yeah. No, we won't do that when we beat Kentucky. We only do that when we beat the number one team. Ooh, okay. 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 There's nah, some nah, heat it'll, it'll be a battle. Here. There's some heat. Nah, it, it'll be it'll be a battle, man. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? But uh, I'm excited to watch it Saturday. 
Uh, but anyway, on to kayak fishing. On to kayak fishing. So tell it, AJ, you know, obviously we brought you on here for a reason. What's happening at the Classic? Something kind of unique that hasn't been done before. Uh, tell us about the booth setup, who all's involved with it. I mean, it, it appears to be a spectacle that's taking shape here. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing here is that, like, we, you know, a lot of kayak fishermen or folks looking to get into kayak fishermen are getting into kayak fishing are come to the classic you know it's a it's a big um boat tournament it's obviously the biggest boat tournament in fishing but the 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 you know the convention of it brings folks from all areas all types of fishermen in together and what we want to do this year hobie and dugout are have a booth together uh representing hobie and, and the rigging that dugout does uh, at the at the classic and we want people to come and see us um, you know if you've you've heard about the dugout you've uh, heard about some of the things they do come out and meet Jamie meet the family meet some of his staff that uh, don't you know travel to all the the national events it's really just a get-together we want folks to come and hang out uh, in that booth now dugout is gonna have some special stuff there I was at the shop last week they have some rigs on kayaks that have never been seen before i mean they they're trying to rig out one of the uh most rigged out pro anglers that i've personally ever seen uh and i can't wait for it to be showcased on the floor and when they finally get done with it but there's going to be quite a few so if you want to see what an ultimate rig is you want to see what the folks at the dugout can do to get your kayak rigged the way you want it that's the place to come see it and you know greenville is so close to so many big areas it's going to be a weekend. You're going to want to come out and be a part of that. Go see other brands. Go see other manufacturers. It's a it's a show. If you've never been to the Classic, you've got to come. It's free to come in. It's a consumer show. You can buy product there. Uh, you can you can buy things. But when you're there, come by the Hobie and Dugout booth. Uh, you're gonna have there's gonna be stuff there that you're absolutely going to want to see. Uh, as far as like the BOS side. Uh, some of the stuff we're going to have going on in this booth, we're going to have the orange and black camo outback that anybody that registers for a Hobie event this season has a chance to win. So that boat's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be looking fresh. We're also going to have uh, a BOS announcement at this show. So we look forward to releasing the, uh, the schedule of the college series uh at this show so uh we are going to have a college series this year and we are looking forward to announcing uh that schedule for all of the college anglers and the up-and-coming college anglers that are looking to have a platform to compete while they represent their school and then we're just going to have giveaways and and all sorts of stuff throughout the weekend but it's just a spot you want to come and hang out if you're like man where are the kayakers going to be at this show Come by the dugout and Hobie booth. There'll be a huge Hobie sign hanging over the booth. Come by, say hi, meet some folks, get some stickers, maybe get entered for a prize or two, and, uh, you know, just enjoy it. And, and that's really what it's all about. And there will be there will be giveaways, prize pack giveaways from the dugout uh, and Seaguar on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're working on trying to talk Jamie into having some kind of, like, contest involved in the booth, be it, like, cornhole flipping contest you know handstand whatever you, whatever we can come up with but something to, something to draw people in and, and get folks involved uh i know myself i'm going to be at the booth uh steve-o uh christine fisher is going to be there uh edwin's going to be there and and we want folks to come in whether you're brand new to the sport or bass boat anglers looking to cross over or anybody just interested in general come by talk to us you know pick our brains about whether it's electronics with edwin or uh, you know how to get to the ramp on time with me, or you know, <laughs> or standing on the front deck of a Hobie with Christine. You know, whatever our talents are, feel free to to exploit those. Exploit them. Should be a good time. Uh, the expo. I mean, it is the classic itself, and the expo is Super Bowl of fishing. It's it's the biggest fishing uh, you know expo in the country every year. I mean, I know there's ICAST, I know there's a lot of other regional shows, but the, the classic is the, is, is the one. Uh, see guys walking around with two hands full of rods. They run all these kind of crazy rod sales. <laughs> there's, there's no telling what you'll find there, but I, I can't wait to see what the dugout pulls off there. I'm still trying to work out getting there, Ryan. We've got some is big Duke, things happening. With, with, 
the dog is Duke the dog coming? AJ, do you know? I don't know. Uh, I don't know the plan for Duke the dog. Uh, Boone the dog is going to be in Greenville, but he's got he's not going to make it to the to the show. He's got uh, he's got somebody taking care of him for the for a few days. Um, I got you. Just a little much for for a little little puppy. I feel you. I feel you. Duke's used to ignoring people, so he'd be fine in the corner. But yeah, Boone Boone struggles with award ceremonies and sitting still for five <laughs> seconds. So I don't think the classics ready. Ready? He's not ready for the big lights yet. I think we ought to run him up on the stage there for Bass's. Let him crash the awards for Bass. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna do uh, live interviews with uh, with the the winner of this year's uh, Bass Nation Bassmaster Championship. Um, Jeff and I are gonna grab him and don't laugh. You're trying to say the right name. I don't know. Bassmaster Classic saying, Nation man. Championship. I, I was. I'm reviewing Terry Elkins' post, and I'm gonna put together the name of the champion shortly. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's uh, obviously the numbers are down from you know last year, um, but at the end of the day, whatever whatever numbers show up for that event, you know, somebody's gonna win one of those sweet, you know half blue trophies and you know they're going to get a big check and they're going to be the second kayak angler to ever win one of these things and um you know it's it's uh it's definitely another opportunity for our sport to have representation i'm actually working with a father and son from i want to say spain uh that qualified through the bass um spain or the european deal yeah, yeah yeah so they actually um they're actually the guy that was in second doesn't get to come and so the guy that was in third gets his spot. And so it's actually this father and son, uh, Miguel and his son are coming out and uh, working with some local anglers to get them boats. And they're trying to figure out what vehicles to rent and where to stay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, there's some international flavor in this thing too. And, you know, these guys, they're not, they don't see all the stuff that we <coughs> see. They don't have KBF, BOS, BASS. They don't have all that this is everything to those guys. And it's cool that this father and son get to come and do it and they get to compete on a level that they don't have, um, in their country. And, and it's a, it's pretty awesome, um, to have those guys come in and, and to feed off their excitement. Uh, and, and they get to, to kind of experience this and definitely be, be rooting for those guys, uh, just to have a ball with this thing. I mean, I can't imagine traveling, uh, and coming into that scenario and fishing at that level, of a tournament um your first time in the states that's a that's a pretty awesome opportunity Steve Fields that, keeps that talking about this thing called hobie worlds that i qualified for a couple of years back uh, i think it's going to be something similar to that i keep i uh, keep my fingers crossed on that one uh tell make sure and bring uh bring bring the father-son duo by the booth aj and introduce them to everybody it'd be cool to hear their story and you know i'd like to interview them and, and kind of get their take on the whole you know kayak bass fishing thing in the u.s here yeah that, that's a big deal man that international travel's never cheap and it's especially not cheap now so they're making a big commitment to come over here and fish this event so that's cool hopefully they put on a good show catch a few yeah i mean the hobie fishing world has been amazing it's been going on for over 10 years and it's evolved over the years in so many ways and steve fields is um you know just the the core of, of everything that's been uh, i had a chance to go to australia in the third year but i can tell you that i was not fishing for bass in australia um <laughs> i was fishing for brim and uh just so steve and i can stay in a in you know in a good level i'm not gonna bad mouth any of my my brim fishing or my australian experience but that's the challenge at the world is every year it's a new place and a new species and uh only the hometown you know anglers have had a chance to fish for them before uh, in most scenarios and these guys are um you know coming into the states where bass is king and uh they're they're making they're making it happen and I'm, I'm rooting for them just cause you know, it's kind of like the, the, the absolute underdog in this situation. And uh, you know, it doesn't hurt that they're a, they're a Hobie guy. And you know, we like to like Hobie guys do what <laughs> I got you. I got you. you. You know, Ryan, we gotta be rooting for a repeat from the possum. It's a quick turnaround, but the possum, the possum King, King is defending his title, man. I mean, it didn't seem like it's been that long ago and I guess it hasn't been since we're fishing early spring this time, but time to defend, man. You can't root against Marky, man. He's an outlaw. That's what I. That's what I like. And if you if you want to know what winning the championship does for somebody like the Possum King, 
he rolled up to Toledo Bend with an entire truck bed full of beer. Free beer. <laughs> so take that, suckers. We're on the come up. That's it. You got some uh, Dallas Dirty Blonde cases for all. I got Dallas all. Blonde in the, yeah. in the fridge right now. Shout out to Mark. Good, good yeah, job, shout out buddy. to Mark. Yeah, that's good. Although, after Toledo, he said he was quitting and selling everything. So I'm hoping he shows up and hit the bass. <laughs> it's risky. Listen, I watched him catch his first fish on an A-rig, so he has really turned the corner since then. We're okay. doing great. And they, they got boat ramps in South Carolina, so he about to make I think that was the first on-purpose fish caught off my live scope was Mark catching a fish off my live scope with an A-rig. Oh, A-rig. So, oh my. Yeah, so we, hey, we're growing. We're growing together. It's a it's a community, guys. It's brotherhood. A, each, one, each one reach one. Right, each one. Proud of you. I'm not letting him reach me again. <laughs> Proud of you, son. Uh, yeah, man. Anything else, AJ? No, we, we can't let you slide in here without talking about BOS. We got registration coming Friday for the Broken Bow. We expect another sellout or what? You know, um, we'll just we'll just roll roll the balls out there and see uh, see how they land. It's uh, I I think so. I, it might not go four hours like you followed it, but uh, you know, we'll see. I think. I think there's a little bit of excitement, especially in the region. Um, you know, there was a lot of new people that did well at Toledo Bend. And when a guy does well, they're sitting there looking at the rest of the schedule thinking like, all right, let's let's see how this shapes up, you know, trying to figure out how they can make it to the, uh, you know, championship in Shreveport on Caddo Lake in November, you know, with that, you know, $45,000 guarantee to first, 100000 to the to the top 10. Uh, you know, you start kind of looking at that and you're like, all right, well, I had a top 20, or I had a top 30. If I can just do, you know, a couple more top thirties, then that should put me in. And, you know, people start crunching the numbers and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, the other part is people had a good time. Uh, you have a good time. You want to come out and do it again. And, you know, some people want redemption on broken bow and, and hopefully it's not freezing cold in May, uh, again, like it was the first week of March last year. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking we need to hire an extra judge for that event because of how many fish people are going to catch. I think it's going to be one of those just like, you know, heaters, like, you know, well over a thousand fish each day, probably more. Uh, I think folks are going to catch a lot of fish. There's probably going to be some good ones turned in. Uh, and then there's going to be people having a good time. Uh, it's a, it's a fun place to get out. The place is built for going out and having a good time. Um, you know, and, and it's a, you know, there's a lot of cabins, a lot of lodging, get, get your friends together, uh, many pack as many people in, in, in a house as you can keep the cost low, come out and have a big time. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing these, these events. Uh, yes, Steve. Yes. Steve always gives me a weather report from the boat. It's always, it's always colder out there. Uh, but he always toughs it out no matter what the conditions are. And, uh, you know, I think that's, I think that's the thing is I, I think people are going to get into it and, uh, we're going to work on getting the published uh, waiting list for Eufaula and Santee Cooper. Uh, Eufaula's le got less than 10 on the waiting list. I've already worked down two. So if you were thinking about Eufaula, go ahead and shoot uh, Hobie an email. Um, and then we've also got, um, you know, the Santee Cooper list, which is running plus 50 right now. So uh, there's going to be some folks with their feelings hurt on that one. But you can always roll in, fish the Queen City event on Saturday. They pay out great. They're going to have a ton of people in their event. So if you're looking to come to Santee Cooper, have a fun time with kayak anglers, you've got that event uh, that's going to be on the Saturday of the, the BOS event. So there's options if you're on the waiting list. And if you put yourself there, then uh, if your name gets called, you can just say, yep, and you're paid and you're good to go. The final thing I'll say before I jump off of here is uh, – Judging is, is not always the easiest thing. Uh, it can be a little bit challenging uh, looking at all those fish, making the judgments and stuff like that. The judges make their call. Um, the anglers have the opportunity when those fish are judged to, to see what that is if they want to question their judge. Uh, the feature in Tourney X that we love is Manage Catch. Um, I'm not sure about the other apps, but Manage Catch is one of those things you can go in and look at what your fish was scored and if it's been scored. If you don't like the, the ruling that you got, reach out to your tournament director uh, if they haven't already reached out to you and they're going to explain it. Or maybe they were wrong and they'll they'll see your side of it and give you the proper score. And, you know, it's uh, it's one of the other sides of the sport that makes it unique. You know, everyone's like, hey, let's have 250. Let's have 300. Well, it's not just <laughs> about that. It's not just about a number on a page. It's about how you can judge in a timely manner and communicate with your anglers to make sure that they're taken care of and their fish count in the way that they're meant to be. 
So, you know, appreciate everybody, you know, working through that in Toledo with us. Toledo was a great time, but also just, you know, have some respect for your judges. And if you disagree, just politely tell them and maybe they'll see it your way uh, moving forward. Coming in on you, was that you, Ryan, or AJ? I guess, man. I don't know. No, that was me. <laughs> but if, 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 that, if, if that sound is where I live right now, Ryan's been out to where I live, I, I'll be scared. I don't know what's going on. I'll be, I'll be grabbing Dude. my computer and running. They've, they've that's a bad, that's a bad, they that's found a bad you. Bust. That's a yeah. bad bust out there, AJ. You're fine. Just All right, man. Well, AJ, man, thank you for taking time tonight to break down uh, what you guys have going with the Classic and a little BOS talk, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, big shout out to the All-American guys coming on next. Uh, love to see what they're doing to, to give so many more folks uh, national opportunities. Hope hope to see their events get filled up. Uh, I know those guys uh, come from a, a similar background as, as Jeff and I, where we've run tournaments uh, or we've fished tournaments before we've run them. They have a really good perspective. They're out there doing it for you guys, sacrificing their, on the time, their time on the water uh, for more anglers to get on the water. So glad you guys are bringing them on. And uh, – Look forward to seeing what their their season consists of. They got some some awesome awesome fisheries on their schedule. All right, man. Appreciate it. it. Thanks for coming on. Everybody, Appreciate you guys. Come see us we'll pick. at the we'll pick. booth. We gonna do it? Nope. No, sir. <laughs> see you guys right, at the Classic in Greenville. Thank you all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's see if we can slide. Josh, what's up, hey. Josh? What's going on, guys? All right, man. Thanks for thanks for hanging on for a little bit. We got we got to talking to AJ there. We ran a little bit long, but that good information. Good information. Yeah, that's right. So man. Uh, I didn't, is Tyler coming in with us tonight, or is this going to be a one man operation? I know he had, uh, thought he had to work. I think we're going to miss out on TC tonight. That's all right. That's all We've right. seen him before. It's fine. Pass. We've seen yeah. him. I don't know if we can handle <laughs> Iowa accent tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, tell hey, that's what you got coming, man. I mean, you guys are getting ramped up. Uh, for, for your 2022 season here, what's uh what's this first event looking like, and and where do you see it going from from this one? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to get this season started. We're we're trying something new. We've gone to the two day format. This is this is basically our first year trying this. So, um, curious to see where it goes. Hopefully, we can establish ourselves and show people that we can put on a good event. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're the best ever. I'm just going to put on tournaments and let guys make their own decisions. So. I think after a couple of events, people will start to see that, uh, you know, we don't have no bullshit. We're just a good old fun series. It's fun to fish on a, a national level, but a local small time club level field, you know, so that's kind of what we're going for. Uh, we're getting ready to kick off on Lake Palestine and Texas. So that's coming up this Saturday, even though the weather's not going to cooperate again. Never does, buddy. Never does. Texas in February has been brutal this year for everybody. If you ever want a cold front, schedule a tournament. That's that's all you got to do. Schedule a tournament. Yeah. Yep. If, it, if it's not a cold front, it'll be rain or storms later on in the spring. Um, Jim, man, uh, you're kicking off this weekend, and I looked at your, your list of registrants already. It's impressive on how many people have, are traveling to Texas. I mean, everybody on that list almost is not from there. But where are all the Texas anglers at? Are they, are they holding out on you? Are they procrastinating? What's going on with those Texas anglers? I think they're scared of these northern guys coming down. Uh, Woo, yeah. There we go. No, I think what I think really what's going on, I mean, I was looking at today, we've got like 10 different states coming. You know, yeah. anglers, anglers across all the Midwest are coming. So that's a pretty good core of guys that are going to get this thing kicked off. And I think the Texas guys are just kind of waiting to see what the weather's going to do. Uh, I don't have a registration deadline on it. You know, basically when the tournament starts, that's a deadline. So we try to be as angler friendly as possible. So I, that's actually a, a double-edged sword because it makes people sign up at the very last minute. So yep. I think, I think some of them Texas guys are just waiting until the very last minute to sign up. But you know, there's also the factor it's going to be kind of rough because everything just kicked off in February uh, and everybody was down there in Texas, you know, the Bassmaster event, the Hobie event. And so guys kind of had to pick and choose. Uh, we're kind of like the fourth odd man out on the totem pole. So uh, guys, a lot of, I mean, Hobie has definitely set themselves up as the premier series of the entire nation. I mean, everybody, everybody wants to fish the BOS series. So uh, everybody signed up for that. And then I think the Bassmaster still has its appeal. So then, you know, people can only afford to fish so many tournaments on the road in Texas in February. So I, I kind of think that's a factor as well. I think this season, though, I think this season, the door is wide open for second place. Like there's, 
there's plenty of room for whoever wants to, to know. you know, put forth the effort to move into second place. Somebody so made it real easy. I don't know why they did it, but someone just made it real easy for someone to step in and fill that void. I would love to see. I mean, you guys, I, I think what you said earlier, a national level trail, but with a, the small club feel, I definitely think there is a, a place for that. I do. I think, I think Hobie's done a great job growing themselves and putting themselves in the corporate spotlight or whatever, but they're, they're still a kayak company. They're a brand. That's part of their, their marketing deal is running this series. I think there's plenty of room for somebody to come in and, and treat the anglers right and put on a great series. And I, I can definitely see, you know, you guys filling that void. That's, that's our plan. I mean, it just, we got a lot of great lakes here in the Midwest. We kind of spread our wings a little bit this year and, you know, went into, went to Kentucky Lake and down into Texas. We've kind of been more centralized before now, but uh, we've had a lot of positive feedback from anglers from, you know, the Indiana, Kentucky area and Tennessee that are wanting to get a little more involved. And then, you know, Texas ain't really that far. I live on Southern Missouri. It's only like five hours for me to go down, you know, to fish the Lake Fork or something. It's not that far. So we're just trying to build a series right here in this area. So guys don't have to travel to the East coast or to Florida all the time which can be a long journey, especially okay. for those guys that live up north. And people keep calling it, not keep calling it, the first year, and I've heard it earlier this year, calling it a Midwest series. But you got, I mean, you guys are as national a series as anybody else. I mean, you're talking about Michigan all the way down to Texas. You may not go all the way out east or all the way out of west, but you're running a national, national schedule, wouldn't you say, Josh? Yeah, I guess you could say that. We're just trying not to step on anybody's toes and stay in an area where there's a void, you know, where guys – have an, a need for tournaments, you know. I think uh, that Central U.S. is a good, you know, I mean, obviously Hopi has a Texas and a, and a Broken Bow deal on the list, but I mean, predominantly speaking, if you if you focus in on that Central U.S. market, it's fairly wide open because, like you said, not a lot of guys are going to drive from West Texas or North Texas over to South Carolina or Pennsylvania, you know, like that's uh, when you're asking anglers to drive – 15, 20 hours, like that's a, that's a haul. And, and is your ROI worth it at that point? You know, I think, I mm. think y'all are, y'all are in a pretty good spot and talking about this, tell, tell people that aren't familiar with their series, what the entries and what the payouts like. I think we, we do pretty good on payouts for not having any big sponsorship support. Uh, all the entry fee money gets turned right around and paid back out. I'm pretty sure we're right around an 80, 80% payout total after fees and everything. So, uh, entry fee is $175 and that includes the big bass pot. We've kind of merged the big bass pot into the entry fee this year so that, uh, for one, it's easier as a tournament director not to have to go through and figure out who's in the big bass pot before you award the big bass winner. Uh, now, and, and also as an angler going into a tournament, you know what the big bass pot's going to pay out based on how many people are signed up in the tournament. So I think it was a win-win situation to go ahead and include that big bass in the entry fee. So, uh, it's it's a two-day tournament, $175 entry fee. That's not too bad, I don't think. No, no. I mean, I, and, I feel and, like you know, that's all par with, with the other national trails. Like, you're you're right up there. Obviously, Hobie, Hobie bumped theirs up a little bit this year. But, I mean, I think I think that 175 to to 225 is kind of the, the sweet spot for, for most folks that are willing to jump in the car and do this stuff. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I'm hopeful – if we can just average, if we get like 50 guys at a tournament, that's going to be a, a pretty good payout still. I mean, it's going to be a couple grand for first place. At least going to cover your gas money. Uh, we get up to that hundred, you know, level. We're going to be paying five grand to first place. You know, we, we get up to that higher level. We'll be paying out as good as other series are. Just got to get the numbers. We got to, we got to show ourselves and prove ourselves. I'm, I'm willing to do the work. Yeah. Let's talk about this for a minute because we talked about the void there and there, there's other trails obviously that are, that are trying to compete with each other. But the one thing that, that seems to break down the trail, whether it's local, regional, national, whatever it is, is when you break trust with the anglers. So you guys are so new to this. How are you building trust to say, Hey, we, you should trust us to come out and, and fish our schedule and throw your entry fee money our way. Use your PTO for us. Um, how are you guys building trust with, with this, this anglers, the, the group of anglers that has to make choices these days? I think we did a good job when we put on the All-American Classic and we got all these clubs to come back together like the old school TOC used to be. 
that got us all, you know, mainly the Midwest tournament directors. We're a pretty tight knit group of guys. We help each other out. We work together. So it all just fell together. I mean, it's like a big wave I've been riding, man, and I'm just keeping on surfing. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm just going to keep riding it, man. That's, that's crazy. It just, everything seems to be falling in place. What, where do you see, where do you see this going in your head? I mean, if you, if we had to look three years from now, where do you want the all American to fall in the grand scheme of things? I would like to see us be the the best series in the Midwest for guys in this area to, to fish and compete in, uh, kind of replace that void that has been left here in this area when KBF left and uh, Bassmaster seems to completely ignore it too. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but I mean, we've got some great lakes and we've got a bunch of anglers here, uh, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. You combine those three states right there and you've got massive numbers for tournaments. And kind of like what you mentioned earlier, guys from, Texas aren't going to want to drive 12 hours up north to go fish when they've got everything they need down there, but guys will go east and west. So that's kind of our thinking, you know, Missouri guys can go into Oklahoma and Kentucky and Tennessee and Tennessee and Kentucky can come into Missouri. We, we've got a really good core base of anglers right here in the central part of the United States, which I think is going to help us have bigger numbers and grow and be one of the, the top three top four trails in the country, really. Man, for relatively small states, you know, overall population-wise, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, even Tennessee, uh, we put out some numbers with, with anglers. I mean, showing up to tournaments, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my Moyak series in Missouri, we averaged almost 100 anglers last year per per live tournament and had the 111 at Table Rock. And we're going back to Table Rock this year and doubling down with, with Moyak and the All-American and NSKA is coming up too. So uh, the Table Rock event in April could, I, I expect it to be huge. I think we'll hit 150 people. I, we may even hit 200. Who knows? It's Once guys get going, I, I think after Kentucky Lake, we'll really start rolling. You can take the That's spillover. That's what I was going to ask is, is which one you felt like was going to be your biggest event on the schedule if you had to pick one. Is that your pick, this Table Rock? I would I would say Table Rock is probably going to be really big, but our event at Lacrosse is going to be big too. So it's kind of tough to choose between our three day event at Lacrosse and then Table Rock. I think they'll both be really big. Table Rock's a destination place because you know it's got the housing and Branson's a tourist town anyway. You know Kimberly City, all they do a great job of hosting anglers up there, and it's just a great place for kayak anglers to fish with so many access points, so many creek arms. It'll be a good one. And it's the same weekend as the BOS you follow, which is in a different part of the country. So all those on the waiting list from you follow, just head on over to Table Rock. You got, you got right, another choice. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll take the sloppy seconds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I really think it'll be a good time on Table Rock. It's, it's a big lake, too. I mean, guys can really spread out. It's a, it's a monster lake with tons of access points. You can find just about any type of conditions you want to fish, whether it be rock, timber, flats, you know, bluffs. It's all there, clear water. Uh, and it's got cell service, you know, that's a big deal too. <laughs> There's cell service almost everywhere on the lake. So that's, you could do like live coverage or something. You could do live. We're, we're going to work. Boats. Yeah, we're working on it. We're trying to, we're really trying to incorporate that into our tournaments this year where we can get live feeds going with the anglers out on the water. But the thing is, like you said, you've got to have good signal and, and service to be able to do something like that, which not a lot of lakes have. I'm trying to get Jeff to send me some sponsorship money. I'm going to buy a signal booster and uh, get the Phoenix out and start doing some live coverage. <laughs> He's, I, think it's, I think he invested it in the hair products or something for Miss uh, Ashley K, but I'm not sure. No, I'm trying to regrow mine. <laughs> it's coming one plug at a time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you have any questions for Josh while we got him, throw them in the comments and we will throw them on the screen. Uh, some stuff from YouTube, Tim Percy saying they're going to want to drive to St. Clair for those amazing smallies. That is a destination or a bucket list for a lot of people. I've never been up there. That's so, a bucket I've, list for me personally, man. I want to fish St. Clair. I want to fish St. Clair with Tim Percy and Rich. Like that's that's not that's not even for a tournament. That's just a personal um, abuse of my liver. I want to I want to get out with those two guys and chase chase smallies and muskie. But that is. That's a, I feel like a, a, you know, if you had to ask anglers from around the country, their top 10 destination lakes, I think St. Clair for smallmouth would have to be in most people's top 10 list for sure. Yeah. 
Whenever uh, Josh, we started, go ahead. No, go ahead, Josh. Whenever we, whenever we were putting together this uh, schedule, one of the things we did was we reached out to a lot of the locals around these lakes and got their opinions on what's the best time to fish here. Is this worthy? Does we do it? You know, we reached out and really did a lot of research. We just didn't pick out these lakes because we'd seen some cool YouTube videos. Uh, and so, you know, from what we were told, being up there at St. Clair in June is just it's that's that's a bucket list destination time and that's really something we're trying to do with our schedule each year we're trying to time these lakes just right to where guys can be on these lakes and really succeed we want everybody to succeed you know and have fun i was curious uh what some of the can you if off the top of your head some of the rule differences between all america we just talked about that before we came on you know how there's a subtle difference between each trail are there any subtle differences from the All-American Series folks to be aware of from the BOS or Bassmaster, KBF, whatever? Um, not not much. Uh, I would say, I mean, we, re we require catch boards only, but I think everybody's kind of switching over to that uh, standard. I, I would say the one thing that makes us maybe stand apart would be we don't have an out-of-bounds fishing rule, per se. Uh, we've got an out-of-bounds map that we post up, which is usually like the Corps of Engineers definition of the lake boundaries. If you launch within bounds, you can go anywhere you want. Anywhere you can paddle to, float to, as long as you don't portage over dry land, you can go as far up a creek as you want. You know, if you're Drew Gregory and you want to go 60 miles up this creek, go, go for it. I was just it. about to give him a shout out on that one as soon as you said that. <laughs> I mean, I, I love fishing creeks too, and I have that same mentality. And as kayak fishermen, that's what we do. We try to get to places where no one else can go. And when you find that virgin water that a boat can't get to, that's when you usually slay them. So I'm not going to put boundaries up to where people can't go past this bridge or past this line on a map. It just gets complicated to enforce and it, it, it inhibits the anglers. We don't want to hold the anglers back. Uh, let them go. Just go fish anywhere you can get to. So I think that's one of the things that's kind of separated us from the other series is we're not trying to limit the anglers on where they can fish. All American and, loves virgin water. That's that's what I love. That's it, man. So, the Alabama yeah. boys would love this series, wouldn't they? Is it Alabama <laughs> or Georgia? Which one is it? it uh, Alabama. They're them creek boys. Son. They they get they get dirty on them creeks. Don't ever post the name of one. They'll they'll run you out of the whole state. <laughs> and Josh, you guys allow motors too, right? So you guys can you can get up up creeks a little easier. You don't have to just pedal or paddle your way up there. Yeah, we we allow motors, and it's even in discussion for next year to allow the two motors. Ooh, that's, what? that's been a hot, that's been a hot debate. Yeah, I, you know, my personal opinion on it is why not? If someone wants a spot lock on the front and a torpedo on the back to get into their spot, what that doesn't hurt anything. Well, I mean, what if I want two? What if I want two eleven oh threes off the back and I'm out there running ninety? <laughs> you're, you're probably you're probably going to flip and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna have fun doing it. <laughs> then, then kayaks can probably only go so fast before you're going to lose it. But uh, yeah, I like I said, we're talking about it. There, there's there's a debate to be made for both sides of that. Uh, I can see both sides for sure. Wow. That's Just imagine the, bat, the battery setups. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, think, I think that's probably the point. Uh, the limiting factor there is weight capacity. Like how much – how much shit can you pile on a kayak before, before it's no longer a seaworthy vessel? I know. It is getting a little crazy, it, especially with the live scope and all this other tech you can put on there. It's getting nuts. Yeah, you throw a couple motors and a couple fish finders on there, and you are going to be sitting pretty low, I would say. I reckon that'll eliminate the guys going up the creek if you have all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's true. That's yeah, true. you're going to have to strip. You want to go up creek, you're going to have to strip down. Me and Marky Mark, we don't care. We'll... we'll We'll get up in there and beat them up awesome. a little bit. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you guys regulate? If you go that way, Josh, do you think you'll look at trying to police, like, manufacture recommendations for what should be allowed on that boat? Like, weight capacities, what pound, yeah. you know, how powerful the motor? Are you just going to be like, hey, y'all send it, whatever you can figure out? Yeah, that, you're right. I mean, that that's what makes this whole situation a mess is how do you regulate it? How do you make it safe? How do you make it fair? That's a pain in the ass to figure out. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't have those answers yet, but we are considering it. That'd be wild. That'd be a, that'd be a true, uh, I don't want to use the word game changer, but it'd be a real separator from one series to the other if you guys allowed two, two motors. Yeah, we. I, mean, I don't know. 
kind of on that subject, though, as far as regulations and whatnot, this is something that came up in our our cast Tennessee like directors page or whatever. At what point do you start like checking boats like before after tournaments, especially with motors and yep. registration and you know output you know what's what's legally allowed on on each hull i know there was a deal when the 1103 came out you know hobie re-rated its hull or whatever for you know to to basically be able to accommodate that output of a motor where do we draw the line like what's what's enough and what's too much on this deal? like is a tournament That's... director going to go through a field of 200 to check every boat I think that's something that's going to be coming up in the future of this sport. We're probably getting to that point where something like this is going to have to happen unless we start putting limitations on everything. I mean, it wasn't but just a couple of years ago, we were just 20, 30 guys meeting at a boat ramp, handing out SD cards, you know, and paying out in cash. This sport has grown so quickly that I feel like we've got a lot of rules that are outdated that don't really matter at this point in time for the way the technology's changed and, you know, like we've even discussed identifier cards, you know, attorney X puts a GPS location and tag on every photo. Why do you need a attorney? Why do you need an identifier card? Right. Just to I mean, see that, who that, loses that it. Be, that, <laughs> just to see who yeah. you keep up with their card and who can't. I mean, I, I can see that being part of the future of the sport too, where we go away from identifier cards altogether as well. I, I think there's some changes coming and it's going to make it harder for tournament directors for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It, argument we had here locally is, you know, kayak anglers, it's, it's a DIY sport. So, you know, you figure out how to rig different things on your boat. And when you start talking about motors, you go out to, we allow them here locally now in our tournament. And you've got folks with the most expensive, you know, stern mount motor, you know, store-bought motor, whether it's Newport, Turquito, whatever, and all this fancy stuff. But you also guys have guys with like a two-by-four and a, $90 Minn Kota on both sides of the boat with a lead acid battery in the back and the boat looks like it's going to flip. So, I mean, do you just say, Hey, God bless you. You signed the waiver. Good luck to you. I mean, that's a, that's a real thing that's coming down the pipe. We're going to have to watch. Yeah, no doubt. That's, that is definitely not something that uh, I want to deal with for sure, because you, 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 you really do. You have to either just say you're on your own, make your own decisions. You're an adult or you have to, Say no, that's not safe. You can't you can't compete like this, and you're gonna have to set limitations and standards on what guys can fish out of. Uh, you know, and on that same point too, I, I want to bring up that maybe people that are new to the sport, they may be intimidated by the fact that all oh, these guys are running 1103 torpedo and you know pan optics and all that stuff. You don't need it. You don't need that to be successful on the water in a kayak tournament. It helps. It's a good tool to have. But you know, for an example. For Moyak, our angler of the year last year, you know, like I said, we averaged nearly 100 anglers over a seven tournament series. Our angler of the year was in a sit-in kayak with no electronics. And we got guys that are in $5,000 rigged up, you know, PA-14s with torpedoes and, you know, the best of the best equipment and still getting whooped by a guy in a sit-in kayak. So you don't need that tech to be successful. Well, look at the BOS series angler of the year the last two years. You know, it was Drew Gregory. And then it was the the mullet from Knoxville, Jordan Marshall. Jordan Marshall can't turn on a damn fish finder. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, those river guys up there, Eric Thomason, another one, you know, he and I spent a couple hours on the phone yesterday, but you don't have to have a fish finder to be successful. Is it a tool? Yeah. I mean, Rolando showed us exactly how a tool like that can be used because I mean, and he, he'll tell you straight up that he won it on, on live scope, but that's a thing like, you, you know, it's not a necessity, but when those fish are positioned, you know, suspended offshore, that can be used a tournament. You still have to know how to use it. There's a lot of skill that goes into anyone that's messed with a live scope. You got to figure out where your cone is. You have to have your settings dialed into where you can make out the fish. And then you have to be able to see your lure. You know, you have to cast within that, that little space to even be able to utilize that technology, that's a whole nother skill in itself. It's not like you you paid that money and you got that advantage. Now, motors, right. motors being able to cover water is an advantage, but if you're covering water and you don't know what the hell you're looking at, <laughs> all you're doing is being dumb on more water than you were when you were paddling. So, uh, you know, I, like you said, I think, I think the skill set, your skill set has to broaden 
to be able to utilize those tools. I don't think a bad angler can spend more money and win. No. I fish. I went fishing this morning. I was off today because I worked for the government. Thank you, President's Day. Uh, I went fishing for a few hours, and I, I got in behind a, a bass boat ahead of me. They had obviously had live scope, two guys on the front deck. Their necks were, were down the whole time. I caught four fish behind them going down some riprap while they were busy staring at that thing for 45 minutes and never caught a fish, you know, just kind of doing laps. Uh, and they may have just got it. Maybe they're learning how to use it. But just having that, obviously, and just turning it on is not magic. You still got to know what you're doing and how, how to find fish. I think Luke Arian said it on one of the comments on uh, KBN one time. He said, you'll just be someone that can't catch them, but $2,000 poorer. That's all you'll yep. be if you, if you don't know what you're dealing with. Um, well, let, let's uh, – pivot to the to the championship for a minute josh i think that the all-american classic kind of gets a uh, under it's kind of underrated still nationally i know people see the big checks that people have won there the last couple of years but just like the old toc it kind of got a it was it kind of flew into the radar while it existed yeah i think the all-american's still kind of getting there although you know words getting around a little bit people see those big numbers tell us a little bit about this year or there won't be one this year we're building for 2023 right tell us a little bit yeah. about that yeah, that's correct. We, we decided to uh, move the Classic out of October because of all the other championships. And right there with the, you know, KBF decided to keep the national championship in October. Uh, then we got the Hobie TOCs right there at the beginning of November. So we just decided to, it was just too crowded in October. You know, we didn't want to limit guys and make them have to choose big events to travel to. So we moved it to spring and that's actually a better time to be on on Truman Lake anyway. We'll be there right during the spawn. It should be prime time and we'll have the lake to ourselves. Uh, this year we're going to do an open qualifier. So on April 29th and 30th, yeah, the 29th and 30th, uh, anyone is welcome to come compete. No memberships, just everyone can come compete. Uh, we're still going to do some big cash payouts. We're going to give away a ton of product and raffles, free raffles. Uh, and the top 50% of the field will qualify for the 2023 Classic. Awesome. So th that's a way you can boost your club's numbers because this, you know, it's an individual tournament, but the club versus club aspect is very strong. And to win the club title is kind of a big deal, and guys take it seriously. So you want as many people from your club representing as possible because we're only going to take the, the best five guys from your club and we're going to combine those scores for your club score. Your club. That's total. what I was going to ask. How many out of a club? That that was so. The way we do it in in Tennessee is like I think it's a, we're up to like the top eight now or something out of each club qualifies to fish state. So for this tournament, it can be as many as you want from that club, but you only take the top certain amount of scores. That's right. If you've got forty guys from your club there, we're only going to take the top five scores. Last year we did the top three. Uh, we felt that kind of limited it uh, some because you know some clubs didn't couldn't even get five guys there but uh we're gonna we're gonna go top five this year uh for the club versus club award we're gonna uh, there's gonna be some money payout for the club this year award too so that's fun i like that better than the year yeah I, I like that better than the the kind of make made up i hate to say made up teams but put your own team together for a tournament i like the i like the local club versus local club feel that's cool um, there's a question going in the comments. I don't know if you saw it, Ryan, about polygraphs. Uh, I Dylan can't threw see it. Anything, so. Oh, uh. my bad. Uh, Dylan threw it in there. Uh, polygraphs at every event, all caps. He put it, and that I think he said that. And there's other people that have said that because at every event, even you know this latest at Toledo, at Fork, at whatever event it is, there are always rumors and grumblings of even if it's not cheating, somebody pushing the line a little too far or getting out of bounds a little bit. So they're calling for polygraphs. Agree completely. I think we're at the level when you're fishing for ten thousand dollars at at each tournament. There's not an excuse not to have the top, like Dylan said. So the top three, and then another <coughs> random person. You know, they, at least you need to have at least two or three out of the top ten. The big check cashing people have to take a polygraph on this stuff just to deter any kind of bullshittery like there's always like you said there's always something going on you know were they out of bounds fishing were they communicating with a guide whatever it may be there's a lot that could go on and, and it has gone on that i feel like if you look at the growth of the sport that's one thing that hurts us another thing that hurts us is probably the judging part that we just 
saw earlier today, like you can't just pick apart everything forever. Like that's the transparency of the sport is an issue, but I think the legitimacy on not having that polygraph, you know, kind of safety net on it is another thing that keeps these big sponsors from investing because that is a hole that they see from the bass boat tournaments that have these polygraphs in place, not only in the big, the big name events, but also in like the larger local, you know, local trails to the Southeast or whatever, they all have polygraphs. It should be, that should be a standard because there's a lot that goes on, you know, that's, that's under the radar. It keeps a lot of bass boat guys from crossing over and fishing with us. Do you guys do them, Josh? Do you, do you guys have that ability? Not yet. We want to. Uh, I feel like it's it's like what, you know, Lunch Money just said. It's it's probably part of the future of the sport. I mean, we've grown to that level now to where it's we got to help. We got to hold people accountable and we got to make sure that they're being honest. I haven't really had much of an issue with that in this series. We've, we've got some great guys, but I know with growth, you get those jerk logs that come in there and mess everything up. So uh, I, I believe, yeah, I think. We, we need to find a way to start getting polygraphs at each event. But uh, right now, as far as the All-American Series go, it's, it's just not in our budget. It, it, that costs money. And yep. without sponsorship support, uh, we just can't do it. If we could, I would. I'm going to hook you up. Here's an idea, Matt. So you're talking about using two motors, maybe, next year. You get one of those motor companies to sponsor, and the polygraph brought to you by Minkota or whoever it may be. There you um, go. There you go. Really? Brilliant. That's, that's, a, that's a suggestion I made, like, you know, like these, like, Engel coolers, for instance, like the cold hard truth, like have them pay for the polygraph Ooh. guy to come in. And, you know, that's, that's extra exposure for Engel coolers. But when one of these dudes gets busted cheating, <laughs> then, then the cold hard truth is everywhere. Like it just that's busted. It. Like you got those little magazines you buy at the gas station mm -hmm. that, you know, when all your homies get pulled over for a DUI, their pictures in it. You got the cold hard truth of of Ingle Cooler busted cheaters out there, and that, that's a good slogan, man. Advertising, yeah. See, they, they 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 should sign you up, man. That's a great idea. Yeah, Ryan over here giving it away for free, yeah. baby. Giving away that marketing. One day, baby, I'm gonna make a living with this shit. Y'all just sit tight. Uh, no more amazing. hotel rooms for me. I'll have a. Cabin <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more. We're not gonna keep Josh very much longer. Getting up against the hour, but uh, Chris Marks over on YouTube. Does All-American allow closed communication during an event, unless an emergency? And he's probably referring to electronic communication. I think every tournament allows you to talk to the guy that's fishing next to you or passing by. But what about electronic communication, Josh? Do you guys allow that? No. It's basically just like everybody else. Uh, if it's an emergency, you can call home, of course. Uh, uh, you can talk to other anglers out on the water, but you can't call your buddy that's on the other side of the lake and ask him how it's going. And then go but again this is another rule that's really freaking hard to enforce how are you going to know what people are talking about on their phone or what they're texting each other but no anglers are not supposed to communicate about tournament information electronically during the tournament they can do it verbally uh but not electronically but Good. again you're just leaving it up to the angler's integrity on that one yeah i know that's a fine line when you start over police you know finding rules that make it where you have to over police everything and it's hard to police. So yeah, I get that. Uh, but you know, this is a, a sport of honor. We're supposed to all be good sports here and, and uh, hold up to the honor system. But some people just seem to always want to push that envelope. So we got to have some, as Ryan put it, some deterrence, whatever those right. may be, the cold hard truth deterrent. Yeah. By angle coolers. <laughs> yeah. My yep. angle coolers, Western sun truth serum. They're just they're just flying out. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, be careful with that one. Don't over serve yourself. Yeah. You'll be lying and not even know it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'll be lying in the floor and not even know it. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Uh, anything else from anybody? Josh, you got anything else you want to drop for anybody that's coming to Texas? Man, I know the travel conditions are probably going to suck, but it's not going to be too bad during the weekend. And uh, from what I've heard, them fish are pretty post-frontal. They, they like it once it moves out. So the front's going to be gone by the time the tournament starts. And maybe we'll time it right and those girls will be up on the beds. That was the plan all along, but I think we're about a week too early, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see, man. Uh, you guys are doing big things, man. It's impressive. I know we did a poll on KBN, I don't know, a couple months ago where we stacked up all the series and who's fishing what, put it on a poll, and All-American, surprisingly, was was right there. I mean, up there in the, in the second-place spot. Wow. You guys got a ton of votes. 
So uh, doing good things, man. Reputation is, is spreading. So hopefully your numbers reflect that as the season goes on. The door's on. wide open. Knock it out of the park this year. And I think you guys, you know, have a great shot at, at cementing that second place on the national scene for sure. Thanks, man. And I appreciate your guys' support on that too as we try to do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. Lambert, you about to head out the door? Get another no, engagement? I'm no, I'm about to I'm about to jump in that bed and go to sleep. I got a meeting Well, hey, we'll try to track down. I guess the uh, I always want to say the name wrong. We'll just say the first All American Series winner next week. <laughs> I always want to say uh, Palestine, like it's we're in the Middle East or something, but it's Palestine. Pa yeah, Palestine. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I get it back. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll track down the winner of that and try to get him on here next week and, and talk about the event some more. But, man, Josh, we appreciate you tonight, awesome. buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Good luck, Josh. Thanks.